it's a brand new day And now I feel right, it's a brand new day And now I see the light, it's a brand new thing Brand new bird, some brand new wings Think I went to church, it's a brand new day it's a brand new show of No Brains, No Headache podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and I'll be joined shortly with my co-host, Matt Cleary. On the Big 50 Burger, we have an interview with Aaron Hodges from Quick Snap Show. We talked all things football and comedy. Then Matt and I get into our staple segment, Cleary's Comments, where we banter about random things. Follow that up with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 5 recap of the Disney Plus series. And we'll finish with the Olympics this week. There was a huge discrepancy, so you're going to have to listen for yourself. If you like the podcast, tell your friends about the show, then follow us on your favorite social media platforms at NBNH Podcast or search No Brains, No Headache Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for even more content. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Casts, many, many more. If you're feeling ambitious, leave us some feedback in the form of a rating and or review. You might as well just do both. This episode is brought to you by Big Dog Distillery, home of Heart River Spirits, coming soon to Bismarck, North Dakota. They currently run original silver and spiced rum, as well as a vodka. The plan is they're going to have a distillery available for people to come into the tasting room. It's going to be very aesthetic. You'll be able to see them make their runs of of these spirits during the day. So it'll be awesome to check out that process during the night. Still get to check out these awesome, huge copper pots. And, of course, you get to taste this spiced rum, silver rum, original rum, and vodka. There's going to be some awesome cocktails. So thank you for supporting us and our sponsor, Big Dog Distillery, home of Heart River Spirits. Follow them on Instagram at Heart River Spirits. Let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. Okay, we are now joined by one of the hosts of Quick Snaps Show and the head honcho over at You Lucky Dog Production Company, Aaron Hodges. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm thrilled to jump in for Mel Kuyper after he uh, had to reschedule last minute. You're actually our second guest from New Jersey in a row. Is New Jersey the new media capital of the U.S., possibly the world? I think it's always been, man. It's I, you know, I listened to the episode with Alfred. That's he's a good friend, and uh, I know he. I felt bad for him because he was in a spot because that's not a Jersey boy, and and I am. I'm born and raised. I've been here all the time, so I feel comfortable being an ambassador for New Jersey. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lovely place. We call the peace treaty between North Dakota and New Jersey last week, so you don't have to worry about that. That's yeah. That's interesting. Um, so I I know like very little about North Dakota, but I hear you guys. You're you're in Bismarck, is that right? Yep, the capital. So I hear lots of good things about Bismarck. It seems like a fun place to be. It's a great place. Uh, like in our college years, for example, not a great place to be. But now that we're past college, young professionals. It's awesome in the summertime. You have the river to like party on and and use that to your advantage for recreation. And then it's just a good place to be with all your friends because you know all the good spots and you have good connections from just being here. I mean, it's it's not a small town, but it's small enough where you know enough people. And speaking of partying, (laughs) so in New Jersey, I just watched this documentary about Action Park. (laughs) <laughs> Did you ever go to Action Park? Uh, 
Or are you familiar with it? I'm familiar with it, but there is a bit of a divide in New Jersey. And that was like a North Jersey thing. I'm like, I'm a Jersey Shore guy. Um, And that's a lot of people consider that South Jersey. I, I think it's more central, but you know, the debate rages on. Uh, but I, I don't recall ever going, but actually an old co-worker of mine was in that documentary. Uh, Andy Fiore is his name. He's a comedian too. Uh, he was in it because he, I forget how he got in it, but he went a bunch of times. And uh, yeah, I think a few people died there. And yeah, there's they, all kinds they, of injuries. They called their wave pool. Slides. They called their wave pool the grave pool because people just kept dying. <laughs> yeah, Jersey is famous nationwide for weird things. That's one of them. That's for sure. Well, you're from the Jersey Shore, so mm-hmm. what's your what do you think about the TV show? Yeah, um, and how does it rate relate to your life? Well, Seaside is where it takes where it took place. Right. Yep. Um, and that's where I went. Uh, I lived about 15 minutes from there, uh, inland from there, from a little town called Lakers, New Jersey, which you may know because the Hindenburg blew up there. That's our claim to fame. <laughs> There's a Navy base there. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much all we're known for is the Hindenburg blew up there. Um, but yeah, we would go to Seaside Heights. And hang out on the boardwalk. We go surfing, like my group of friends. We all go surfing, go to the beach a bunch. And it wasn't until like I don't even remember when that show actually came out, but I feel like I was already in college or out of college or like in my twenties by the time it came out. And it's like you know, it's not the worst representation because those people definitely exist. It's part of the part of the culture, but they're not locals, right? So. They come from New York or North Jersey or somewhere else, right? Where it's predominantly like, I guess I could say it because I married into an Italian family, but those Guidos from up north, you know, they come down and they're on the boardwalk and uh, they're, they're bippity boppy and go, you know, hey, oh, how about it? <laughs> and uh, it, it's definitely a little crazy. I don't like that that's the, that's, that's the rap that, Jersey gets from that. Obviously, I think there's so many beautiful things about New Jersey from like the beaches to the parks. Atlantic City. (laughs) Atlantic City is awful. Yeah, I heard it's the just a shit stain on the state. I mean, it's fun, but as soon as you step out of the casinos, all bets are off. You know, it's it's not a great town. Getting into you collaborating with Kostaki Econopolis totally butchered that. <laughs> I, he should have an easier name to say, like Aaron Hodges. That would be a lot better. But I agree. How does a New Jersey guy and I think Kostaki's from Atlanta? How do you guys collaborate? How'd you guys get together? Uh, so that was when I was working at Sirius XM. Um, I had just kind of moved over to the comedy department over there and. Um, I was given a task that somebody didn't want to do anymore. And that was to basically record Kostaki coming in. He had a, like a weekly segment called quick snaps and which later obviously turned into our podcast. Um, so basically it was just him rapid fire monologue. And then I would just 
you know, set the production pieces up to it and put it together. And it would be like a, a feature that would air throughout the day on one of the, I think it was blue collar radio at the time. Um, so basically he would come in once a week during the football season, we record and um, don't tell the suits at Sirius XM, but eventually we recorded our podcast in their studios as well. Um, so that was, that's how we hooked up and yeah, we've been doing the podcast. I think I never remember, but I think it's five or six years now. Yeah, I tried to go way back to do some research, and I think it cut off at 2019 when I and it seemed like you guys have been going for a while. Yeah, you guys seem really comfortable with each other, and it's pretty easy for you guys to get your stuff going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been doing it a long time together, so it's kind of it's a struggle to be consistent and to to keep doing it um, at times, you know, because uh, I mean, he's got an infant and he's. 80 years old. So that's, uh, that's kind of crazy. So, um, and you know, we're both, we both have careers and try to take care of all. I mean, you guys know preaching to the choir, but, um, yeah, it's, a uh, it's fun. We have fun talking football and comedy and it's a good time. You talk about your time at Sirius, Sirius XM. And I actually knew that because I looked at your LinkedIn page. I'm that guy. <laughs> And I saw that you interned for Howard Stern for seven or eight months. How was that? It was fun, man. Um, it was weird because, like, you know, I come from the the birthplace of the, the Hindenburg blowing up. It's a town of, like, it's a square mile. The town is a square mile um, with, like, I think the population's at, like, 2,000 people now, um, I think. So it's a small town. And I was like... I was overwhelmed by being in the city, all these tall buildings and subways that I don't know how to ride. And now I'm like in the midst of like the first day, I think I met 50 cent, I think was there the first day. And I was like, how am I doing here? (laughs) This is so bizarre. Like I was still, I was working full-time jobs and, and doing the internship. Those, those days were a blur, but like I came from like a, I went to a school for audio engineering and I thought I was going to be a music producer. I still might be, uh, I'm not giving up on that dream. But, uh, then I got into Connecticut school of broadcasting, uh, got an internship at the Howard Stern show. And it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know anybody. I don't have any connections. I sent an email, which was a prayer and they were like, oh, okay, you're in. What? It's crazy. Because I, I had to go do an interview. I think it was I think I was attractive at the time because I was like twenty-five years old. And to have a twenty-five year old instead of like a eighteen year old college kid that's just there to meet celebrities and shit. I think I stood out in that way because it was like obviously I'm looking for a job and a career, you know what I mean? So I think I just got lucky, right place, right time. And um the first semester was kind of you, you don't really interact too much with the with the show staff or or Howard at all really it's like a no no eye contact type of thing you know but the second semester I was actually Scott the engineer's intern and Ronnie the limo driver would hang out in his room sometimes so it was like the three of us just kind of like shooting the shit while I was learning whatever Scott was doing and uh, the second semester was was pretty cool. I actually 
got on the air one time. I, I wrote um, I wrote a parody song about Gary, the producer. And it was pretty ballsy, like looking back at it. It was ballsy because it was like, um, you guys are, you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember the rapper Mims? Yeah, I know the name. I no I idea. have to look it up. And the song was like, this is why I'm hot. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, why yeah. I'm hot. And I always said it was like to that song. And they played it on a day where I wasn't there. Like, because I was only there like two or three days a week. And I was at my job listening to the show and they played it. And I was like, holy shit. But I totally wish I was there too at the same time, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it was cool. I mean, that's that's kind of how, I, how I, I, I guess I stood out. And I had the balls to like go after Gary and make fun of him as a stupid intern and uh, eventually got a job. So what do you like have to do for your internship? Yeah, like the first, it was kind of like, um, <laughs> this is, it's funny to think about now because they actually had people combing newspapers and online blogs for any mentions of Howard, right? So they would bring that to his attention. So if like the New York Post had him in a column or something, he would talk about it or something like that. So it was a lot of that. And then it was like, transcribing shows so they had all these specialty shows that weren't necessarily they were the other shows on the channel so you'd listen to them and transcribe them that was essentially what i did the first semester and then the second semester was more hands-on like i would actually set up the studio in the morning uh make sure that you know all the the, all the equipment's working correctly before they actually went on the air. Uh, so that was my main responsibility there. And then it was like, just make sure you record the show and they'd have you do can't, odds and ends. Can't forget but, to press record. That's a big one. We've done bro, it. We've all been burned, right? Yeah, we've all done it at least once. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about meeting 50 Cent. Yeah. With all the high profile guests that come with Howard Stern. Did you ever find yourself in precarious situations or just weird situations with them? Hmm. Um, there was a couple. There's a couple, like, um, trying to I couldn't tell if I was being hit on by George Takei one time. Because <laughs> he was like, I went and fetched his green tea, and he was very pleased with it. Like, very pleased and i couldn't tell if he was pleased with the tea or he was you know pleased with me it's a high compliment um, i think so i mean he could you know he's a, he's a high profile handsome gay man he could have anybody he wants and uh if he thought i was attractive i'm flattered did you use the word fetch when you went to go get his green tea because <laughs> that may have thrown it all off if you don't say fetch nothing else happens that's what it felt like yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's an odd choice of words I suppose <laughs> uh, but then the other one was like uh, my, my I DJ'd one of Ronnie's block parties and it became show fodder and they were talking about my girlfriend at the time's tits a lot on the show and that made everybody uncomfortable so that was a little weird it's a compliment I'd say yeah <laughs> Is, is that your now wife or no? Nope. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Got some background information on you, and I was told 
that you are the only man that can grow a, a so your hair's straight, but you can grow an afro, and yeah. it's supposed to be impressive. Also, another little bit of information I got was I need to ask you about an Artie, Artie Lang story, and I don't know if you want to tell it or give us a little background, a snippet of it. I love Artie Lang, by the way. Beer League is up there in my favorite movies. It's a good one. Yeah, I actually just saw somebody post like a royalty check or something on, on social when it was like from Too Fat to Fish, which was Artie's company. So I guess it was, I think it was for that movie. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah, Artie was cool. <laughs> actually, now I remember, actually, part of uh, my responsibilities when I was interning was to also fetch him a bagel and a Hawaiian punch every morning. What kind of combination is that? When you're a drug addict. You <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that punch in the system. <laughs> he would come in the bullpen sometimes and he, he, he would use the phone that was at my desk while I was there and he would be calling his bookie. It was, he, was, he was wild, man. Yeah, he nowadays we just text them. <laughs> or just jump online, right? <laughs> Well, North Dakota laws, we're not going to get into it right now. But Oh, is that right? It's not like DraftKings and all that stuff that's not legal there? Well, let's not, you know, just give away my, you know, betting stance here. But I may or may not text somebody favorable bets mm -hmm. for American dollars. That's mm -hmm. all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I, I may or may not go on a Latvian-based website, <laughs> place bets. Shady. And get checks from the Bank of Seoul, Korea. The worst part about that is he had to learn Latvian. <laughs> or I accidentally bet on esports once and lost my entire account. Gotta avoid so that. So this is just this is just uh, this is generations already laying this type of stuff here. I think the riskiest gamble is actually putting your money in that Latvian platform. I think you never know if you're gonna get that back. Well, it's me gambling, so I'm not going to get it back anyways. Most of the time. <laughs> but it's not just like, I was going to put 400 bucks in my account, but I just went to the backyard and set it on fire. <laughs> a lot more appeasing, and I guess I got a little warm. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, the uh, so I know it was, know it was that, that rat, Alfred, who told you about the Artie Lang story. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, no, it's a, it's not a it's not a bad story, but I guess I guess the story that he's referring to is when him and I and it's so cloudy because I can't even remember it was him and I or it was the other producer that preceded him that were working on the show. I can't even remember who it was, but I guess it was I guess it was Alfred. We were working on a show together, and our host was remote. He wasn't in the studio. He was doing he had like a stand up gig, and he was in he was broadcasting from his hotel room oh because he was he was opening up for Artie. that's why they were together so uh he's in he's doing the show and at the time it was the show was called stand up with pete dominic pete dominic was the host and he at the time we had just moved from one channel where it was like it was political talk is what it was but the show was more shock jock political talk but kind of thoughtful at the same time and then it moved channels to a more like straight buttoned up news channel and they didn't know what to do with us because we were like the wild guys that are on their channel now right and so you know pete was still cool with the program director and all that stuff and he's trying to like 
you know, make sure everything was cool with everybody. But this didn't go so well when he's on the road because basically the story goes, as far as we know, that Artie Lang busts into Pete's hotel room while he's broadcasting the show and takes over the mic, quote unquote. (laughs) And so now we're on this, you know, beltway political talk channel and Artie starts, you know, he's, he's in some probably like some heroin haze and he's just kind of like slurring all over the mic and telling racist jokes and all like talking to our, our callers, like in all kinds of like crazy, crazy disrespectful matter. And our program director is calling us. We're in New York. He's calling us from DC. He's calling Alfred and I, in the uh, the control room and saying, you better get him off right now or I'm taking the channel back in DC and that's it. You guys are done. You're finished. He's yelling at He's like basically like threatening us. Got to get him off. And we're trying to like, there's nothing we can do because Pete was in Arizona or wherever the hell he was. And uh, like, there was nothing we could do. It was just, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. What year was that in? Huh, that must have been so that must have been 2010-ish. Yeah, because I was I was gonna say it had to have been at least like about 10 years ago because if you go on air and say racist jokes or something like that, they take you out to town square and chop your head off now. <laughs> I mean I think it was like basically. I think it might have been Alfred's like first couple weeks on the show. So he was freaking out. So what if was I the? Remember this? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna ask, like, what was the end result, or how did this end up, you know, working itself out? I think eventually Pete was able to get Artie out of the room because I I think our program director was also calling his cell phone, and so they were talking and we were talking, and so I think he was eventually able to get him out, and Pete. then we just finished the show and he apologized. It was it was very uncomfortable. Sounds like Pete just needed to go down to the lobby bar and grab a couple drinks before he got back up to the show. I don't know. I don't know this Pete gentleman, but that's what it sounds like. I mean, a couple drinks will help just about any situation. I mean, it's. I think it does wonders for our podcast. <laughs> what are you drinking today here? We uh, are going with the best beer in the land, Bushlight. Wow. Are we back in college, fellas? Just graduated a few years ago, so I, Te- I feel like it. Technically, I'm in grad school. I'm on a hiatus, but... We're counting it as college. Yeah. It's hard to get motivation, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I understand. We've actually talked about you on our podcast before. Oh? And I didn't realize it. It we was were, incidental. We were talking with uh, Andy Ruther, another comedian. mm and I was like, I saw, and it was like a day after or the day of uh, the Capitol protest uh, riots, rota- protests where that guy dressed in sheep's or wolf's clothing went cool bananas. Guy. It's from yeah. the Jersey Shore, actually. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I saw a tweet. Uh, one of the guys from Quick Snaps said, all right, we'll change the name back to Redskins. Just calm down. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm good for uh, I'm good for a good joke on Twitter about once every month or so. Yeah, <laughs> you were the comic relief this country needed during that situation. <laughs> Happy to serve and answer the call. <laughs> How are your Giants going to be next year? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really don't, man. This this team has frustrated me so much for the past, let's say, ten years. It's just. I I'm, I seem to be in the minority of uh, hanging on to Eli too long. You know, all due respect to him, his career and his Super Bowls, but man, he sucked for like the last five years. He was the quarterback of the team, and uh, I was happy to move on from him. But I'm not sure if Daniel Jones is the answer either. So this year's a big one because he got they got Kenny Galladay. Hopefully, Saquon Barkley is back healthy. Uh, and I believe you guys are Vikings fans. Is that right? I am a Vikings fan. Carolina Panthers. Oh, I didn't see the shirt. Carolina. Interesting. Interesting. So what are we getting in Kyle Rudolph? He seems like a more athletic Jason Witten to me. Well, I'm also a huge Notre Dame fan, and Kyle Rudolph is the – he's at the Eli Manning stage of his career. That's what I figured. I mean, he's good at one-handed catches to ruin the Saints and all their fans' playoff hopes. He's good at that. He's good at getting arm tattoos. He's got a whole sleeve. He's like that one guy in the NBA who had no tattoos, and then at the end he had all tattoos. Oh, Kyle Rudolph is that of the NFL. Whole arm full of tattoos. Other than that, uh, great guy off the field. He uh, graduated from Notre Dame, so he has to be remotely smart. You mentioned that. You mentioned that. But not much to say about his on-field skills. You're getting a really good locker room guy. I'll say that. <laughs> a great locker room guy. It's kind of like <laughs> when you hire like uh, an ex-head coach as an offensive assistant. Yep. It's like you're getting a lot more than you pay for. Moral support. Interesting. All right, so he's doing absolutely nothing for the team. That's fine. Let's move past um, the free agent tight end acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, man. It's make or break this year for, for Daniel Jones in my mind. But uh, I, I think our GM is an idiot. Um, I still miss OBJ. You know, I don't know. It's a... I have a weird relationship with the team. I still watch just about every game, but I care less and less every year, you know? So um, I hope they do well. And if they do well, I care more. So I'm starting to become more of a bandwagon fan, I guess. That's all right. I mean, with the NFC East, you never really know. So like, especially the last couple of years, it's just like, who's, who is it? There's no definitive powerhouse. At least I don't think so with, all the injuries and other stuff going on with the other teams. Do you think the 17 game schedule is going to get your giants over the hump? <laughs> I mean, they can't get any more high profile injuries. Oh wait. Pray wow. for Saquon. Yeah. I think the 17 game schedule is the last remaining factor that they were needing to get over the hump. Um, but that was until today when I found out that they're allowing single-digit numbers for certain positions now. This is a big deal. I don't know if you guys heard about this. I think OBJ goes back to three, but mm-hmm. other than that, I don't. I don't know if it has any massive. Well, yeah, it does. You know what? It does have a lot of impact on the league. I want to see some number changes. Patrick Peterson wants to go back to number seven. I believe he was with LSU. 
now with the Vikings, stuff like that. I don't know. I keep hearing different stuff. I'm more concerned about the number in the win column for the old Vikes than what number yeah. is on the jersey. Um, so are you hoping that they draft, uh, I don't know, Tanya Harding to take out Kirk Cousins? Or like <laughs> what, what are you hoping for? Tanya Harding, nice name drop. Um, I hope that they just address other stuff and go for it all this year. You got Kirk, you're paying him a boatload. And this is actually an unpopular opinion for me. Usually I'm all for draft the quarterback, do it right, develop, suck for a couple years, but that's not working for some other teams. So I'm going to take the quarterback who throws for 4,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns every year. Hopefully you can find some quarter cornerbacks that don't break the law and can stay on the field for the Vikings. That will help immensely. And we'll see how the defense does. Uh, Mike Zimmer needs to tighten it the fuck up because it was pretty pathetic last year. <laughs> yeah, and, and my Panthers traded for arguably a top five quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> You're out yeah, of a few guy. years ago. I said arguably. A few years ago in the draft. I can say whatever I want if I say arguably. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, He's always going to be a, kind of a division line for me. Uh, because there's so many people that uh, were like, oh, you got to get Darnold. Don't get Barkley. You got to get Darnold. And it's like, no, you bozos. Barkley's once in a generational talent. And Darnold's has a huge forehead. He has a huge forehead. He's trash. I'm sorry. Your Panthers are hopeless if they're putting it on. <laughs> okay, well, here's here's my top five quarterbacks. We got Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Taysom Hill. <laughs> Sam Darnold. No one else should even sniff that top five. Where's Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I think we ritual sacrificed him outside the stadium <laughs> for good luck. I'm with you on Taysom, but not Stafford. I can't can't go that far. And so, are you a Taysom Hill guy? Would oh, you yeah. say, even oh, though yeah. he's only bit. thrown like four touchdown passes, and they gave it's him just... thirty five million dollars. Have have you seen his hamstring muscles? Great locker room guy. He's also a Mormon. <laughs> Jordan's really hung up on the locker room guy. He's a Mormon. He's no fun. That's in the worth every room. penny of that thirty-five million if your locker room morale's high. He spent his early prime in Indonesia doing backpacking trips and missionary work. That's not the guy we need in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, that's what Steve Jobs did, and look what he did with this world. He's dead. But we got look at this. We got this now. Taysom Hill is the next Steve Jobs, is what I just said. I think Taysom Hill. I should have like thought the, about that. Taysom Hill's the Ron Wayne, the guy who sold ten percent of Apple for seven hundred dollars. Which one? Where are you at, Aaron? I mean, Kostaki and I argue about Taysom Hill all the time on quick snaps because he's like, "Why would you take Drew Brees off the field? It's crazy. He's one of the best ever." And I'm like, "Yeah, but Taysom Hill, you never know if you're the defense." What the hell they're gonna do? What are they gonna do? He's so athletic. The guy could play fullback. He could play quarterback. He could play tight end. He could play wide receiver. He could play special teams. Put him in the backfield with with Jameis, I guess, and uh, they're they're gonna be good. I, I would start. Let me put it to you this way, and I'll, I'll throw it back at you guys. Would you start Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston? No. It's way more fun to see Jameis Winston just huck and pray. Well, if I, if I was actually hoping for the team to win, split time, see whose day it is. 
Well, you said yeah. all those positions for Taysom, and I would argue line him up at right guard and s- watch him pull out on a swing play. I guarantee you he locks down that block. So, yes, I would start Taysom over Jameis at right guard. <laughs> sub, sub him in as an extra tackle yep. that, uh, what do they call it, when they eligible? Receiver, can, yeah. yeah. Check in See, as an eligible receiver, and then you can do whatever you want. That's the kind of stuff that's going to make the numbers confusing, right? Because it used to be like, oh, number 65, reports eligible. But now it's like, number three reports eligible. It's like, yeah, number three is always eligible, dude. Why has he got a report? You know? So this is why Tom Brady doesn't like it. That's why I'm for it, number one, because he doesn't like it, because he's the old man saying, "Get get off my lawn. And this was the Chiefs' idea. So the Chiefs have maybe just as many trick plays as anybody in the league. So if they got all these numbers running around, you can't keep up. You're going to see more exciting plays, and Tom Brady doesn't like it. So, therefore, I like it. I like that reasoning a lot. Just your nonconformist, Tom Brady likes it, therefore, you hate it. Correct. And I think you're going to be on the right side of history most of the time if you go <laughs> bet against Tom Brady. Doesn't he have seven, six Super Bowls? Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of her. Uh, what about if the NFL expanded by four teams and went into three six-team divisions, what four cities would you pick to get expansion teams? Bismarck, North Dakota. Hell yeah, brother. We have an uh, indoor team, and it gets 40, 45 fans. Yeah, and we're going to the games this year. It's going to be awesome. Sean Oakman, the meme, the Baylor guy with his stomach out. and The, the face mask, super intimidating. Sean Oakman. Uh, the the smoking weed guy? Yeah. Well, uh, what we're trying to say is he played for this team for like four minutes. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it's the show. I mean, it's got to be the show. You guys have to go to games and talk about it. For I'm sure. just going to go rip some dipping Dots and then ditch out <laughs> early. All right. We got Bismarck, North right, Dakota. So, yeah. I would go Bismarck because I, I want to hear your guys' take on the home team there. Um, we do not have the infrastructure to support an NFL team. That's all right. We're the Taysom um, Hill of the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> We're a utility guy. And sometimes we all leave for two years to go on missionary. Uh, I think you need something like dead in, in the middle of like Iowa, right? Let's put something in Iowa. Um, and somewhere where there's no like big college town as well, like no big college football program as well. So let's um, like a Portland. I, uh, I think yeah, like a, I was thinking a Portland, Portland would be great, yeah. but I think it's more closer to becoming its own country than getting an NFL team. Yeah, yeah. I think St. Louis deserves a team, and yeah, L- give them back. And I think LA deserves to have zero teams. <laughs> yeah, they could. They true. couldn't sell out an MLS stadium that was only half open. It's like, come on, guys. Go somewhere where you're wanted. All right, so Bismarck, Portland, if it doesn't become a country first. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Iowa, and as a as half let's, my family is from Iowa, I mean, it's a terrible idea, but I can respect it. Let's go to Dubuque. I'm pretty sure they have an amateur hockey team there, so we can build off that sports scene. Interesting. I mean, I, I also kind of want to venture into Canada as well. Um, I know that they have their own league. But I would like to see 
I just I keep talking about this the relegation system, uh, and if we can find a cooperative league to work with us, I, I think that the the Detroit Lions should be relegated, and <laughs> let's let's bring in like the Toronto Argonauts or whatever they are, right? You know what I mean? Yes, so, I'm on board. I, we need to the relegation system is perfect. Like the NFL is supposed to be the best league, the best football. Well, if you suck every single year. <laughs> Get the hell out. You're not trying hard enough. Go to Canada. Come back when you're ready. Jared Goff goes from the Rams to the Lions to the CFL. Wow, that would be quite the eye-opener. Fall from grace would be an understatement of the century. Well, you guys talked about the XFL, CFL coming together. The logistics behind that game have to be nearly impossible. Yeah. The CFL is a completely different sport. Besides the fact that there's forward passing and running plays, that's about the only thing is the same. Is it really? Wow, I didn't know that. The end zones are too, and they were like, oh, there's actually 12 players on the side. There's three downs. The punters can score. The end zones are 20 yards long with the field goal at the front. Yeah, the Uh, fields are way bigger. uh, I think it's like it starts at first and 20. It's like, it's complete. It's not close to American football. Can they get a running start? Yeah. It's closer to arena football. Yeah. It it would be like a nightmare because it'd be like, okay, which team has to learn new rules? I mean, it has to be the XFL. And the XFL has to adapt to the CFL because the XFL is kind of a joke anyway, right? It's take it back. (laughs) Yeah. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I love the XFL Go Battle Hawks. <laughs> or or the AAF that just flamed out. Yeah, I think that's the Battle Hawks. No, mm. St. Louis Battle Hawks are in the XFL. Whatever. My AAF team was the San Diego Fleet. Who would you be a sports personality um, that you could play in a movie, such as like an athlete or a coach or a media member? If you could like choose anyone you could play in any sports movie about anything, what would it be? Or who would it be? Like a movie that already exists? You can do that if you want. Man, I don't know. I'd like to be Bobby Boucher, I guess. Yes, there's a good one right there. Yeah, I just watched Waterboy not too long ago, and uh, it's a damn good movie. And I feel like, yeah, he is a little bit Forrest Gumpish, but... You know, there's an innocence to people like that who actually feel real joy. I don't know what that's like anymore. Mama says alligators are so angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush. The only thing I think of, because like probably every two weeks I look this video up on YouTube of when Michigan tries out their towel boy at wide receiver and he just gets decapitated going across the middle. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a scene where they had they had Lawrence Taylor and Vicky Vicky Valencourt. Uh, <laughs> she, she says she's gonna steal LT's uh, LT's Porsche, and they drive they drive away side by side with him. He's driving the Bobby Boucher's driving the tractor, and she's driving <laughs> LT's Porsche. Like as like as if that was plausible, they could just drive down this road with a stolen car and a tractor, and no bells are gonna ring off. <laughs> Well, and the funny thing about that scene is LT, after he, like, explains how a football play works, <laughs> LT's just like, which brings me to my next point. 
don't smoke crack <laughs> which from lt is just wild because he would come like drunk or coked out to games and have seven sacks well an absolute defensive player of all time uh, yeah that's not it's like it's not even a question who is because if he actually like committed himself to like what jj watt does like putting on backwards hats and flipping tires he would have got at least 40 sacks a game like mm-hmm. water boy numbers but no, he was like, there was times where he would show up midway through the second quarter. And this is in like the 1980s. If someone did that today, CFL, Bismarck, Bucks, indoor football team, here you come because you're not staying in the NFL. Yeah. Yep. That's true. But uh, they were they were willing to put up with a lot of stuff. If you're talented, they're going to let you do cocaine once in a while. Well, I'm not talented. <laughs> Well, I just want to say um, I'm really sorry to hear about your beer fridge that recently passed on us. Um, well, it, it was it was not my beer fridge. Oh, a, a beer a, fridge that you were close to. Yeah, well, it was a listener to Quick Snaps, and uh, yeah, we did. Uh, I think it was like a bonus episode where she was actually giving us a tour of her home, <laughs> and she showed us this beer fridge. It was like 30 years old. And then, like, a few weeks later, it died. So it became part of the show. We're like, we just, you know, we got very close to the beer fridge pretty quickly. And then before we even got a chance to really get to know it, it was gone. So it was very sad. That's heartbreak. I want to offer my condolences. Uh, We have a few stickers that we would like to send out your way. And hopefully you can get (laughs) that to the beer fridge for the new one and start the new sticker collection. Thank you, man. That's that's very gracious of you. Yeah, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a beer fridge in this uh, little studio situation? Yeah, it's there? it's off. You can't see it, but I have stickers galore on there. Uh, lots of Viking stickers, no Panther stickers. Weird how that works. Um, yeah, I'm s- sorry that the Carolina Panthers aren't heavily. They don't make stickers? No, they don't have them at the local sporting goods store here. I can imagine. I'm, I'm definitely a little bit. I find it a little bit peculiar. Have you always lived in North Dakota? Yeah. So how I became a Panthers fan is, well, short story long. Uh, I basically found a Panthers helmet in my cousin's garage in South Dakota when I was like six, and they were like an expansion team a couple years before that. So I was like, oh. I'm a Panthers fan because everyone else in my family's Packers fans. So I'm just like, uh-huh. I'm going to be, yeah, be different. Yeah, a couple of them are pretty big douchebags. <laughs> Looking at you, Dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, family. <laughs> Funny thing is, he listens to this. So. <laughs> but last question for you Where can people find you and where can people find Quick Snaps? I'm at the local Fleet Reserve. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Quick Snap Show on Twitter, uh, and uh, it's the podcast. It's on all the the platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all that stuff. Um, got a, a youluckydogproductions.com. Also, you go to youluckydogproductions.com. It's a tough year for comedy. And I work with a lot of comedians to produce comedy albums. And we're going to get into a little bit more podcast stuff pretty soon. But also, just stream, download a comedy album, get these these comedians a couple bucks, and get yourself a couple laughs. That's my plug, youluckydogproductions.com. 
Sounds like a fair trade. Yeah, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me. We are back in the dugout studio. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Cleary, the creator of Cleary's Comments. Let's not waste any time this week. Let's get right into it. What do you got for me? We have this generation of kids that are going through distance learning, and they used to call, I think it was the 1940s or 50s, the greatest generation, our grandparents. God bless them. This generation is definitely going to be the dumbest generation because, holy crap, Kids are not learning anything. Do you have children? No, but I coach kids, and man, are they getting progressively dumber. How, what have you noticed? How are they getting dumber? Any examples? Uh, the amount of kids that get hit with golf clubs every year has definitely been on the rise. Part of that is my fault, but... You should bring that up with the safety council. Do they know how dangerous these golf clubs are with you know, children who aren't as smart as they should be? They're not as smart as their great-grandparents, that's for sure. Have could, did you even imagine what it would have been if we would have distant learned, Matt? If it probably would have been better if you and I distance learned because all me and you would do is just look at each other across the classroom, break out laughing, and then uh, what, what? What can the teachers do? We're already sitting on the opposite side of the classroom. I don't know. It was. It probably would have been better for you and I if we got distance learning because or the classic. Hey, can I go get breakfast? No. 30 seconds later, can I go to the bathroom? You just come back with like a bagel and shit like that. I respect that move, but it was also just like a low hanging fruit move where it's just like, okay, you're the guy who's going to ruin bathroom breaks for everyone because you'd may, you might go to the bathroom. I'm not denying that, but you're also going to hammer a plate of nachos and four pieces of cinnamon toast. At, I mean, nine, at 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, just jalapeno nachos at 9.30 in the morning. That's going to be a real gut punch if you don't watch yourself. Then you will need a bathroom break. Oh, absolutely. All sorts of punches lately. And of all the superlatives... We had UFC 261 this last Saturday... Neither of us actually watched it live, but if you were on Twitter or if you don't live under a rock, you saw some highlights. We're just going to go through a couple. Your boy Chris Weedman had a case of the sketty legs that resulted in a gnarly leg injury as he went for a leg kick early in his Saturday fight. It was not pretty. It was the worst injury I've seen, and there may have been other ones that are worse, but the fact that UFC, they have nothing covering their leg... So you get it in football with Dak Prescott, but he has a sock on. Yeah. This, you see it all. You see that there's a hole in his skin that his bone's trying to poke through. It was not pretty, and then him trying to stand on it a little bit after that was just... Yeah, it really gives you the chills, but I wasn't even watching it. I was a little occupied, and then the notifications started rolling in. I texted Matt, UFC, just look. That's all you got to do. He wasn't too impressed, but the action wasn't done as there were several fights... The main event did not disappoint, however. Kamaru Usman knocked out a cocky Jorge Masvidal in round two of the fights in Jacksonville, Florida. Did you get to catch the knockout? Yeah, I did. Devastating. He was lit. Yeah, that was a great punch that was landed. I'm glad that he got to you know topple him a few more on top of that. Just nail in the coffin. And I love it when cocky, play or cocky players or fighters or whoever, cocky anyone, I love it when... 
you know, they get shut up really quickly. I mean, the top two have to be NFL cornerbacks and UFC. Chris Weidman definitely went in an ambulance after that because, good God, he's probably still in surgery. Yes. Have you ever seen someone go out in an ambulance or had to, like, call an ambulance on something? I called an ambulance. Actually, within the past year, I was on Washington Street, which is a pretty uh, busy street here in Bismarck, North Dakota. And somebody just uh, swerved right in front of the driver in front of me, just a pretty gnarly head-on collision. Uh, I, like, got out to help, and somebody pointed at me and told me to call an ambulance, so I did. And it was kind of interesting because my phone was hooked up to my Bluetooth in my vehicle, and I was standing <laughs> outside of the vehicle, so I'm just yelling, like, hello, 911, like, can you hear me? And they're, yeah, in my vehicle, and I got it all figured out, but well, I have called the ambulance. When I was working at the hockey rink, so at these, like, youth hockey tournaments, they would have athletic training students from local colleges come in, and no matter what happened, they'd be like, stabilize his neck and call an ambulance every time. And it was the biggest pain in the ass because I'd have to put the grates down so the ambulance could drive onto the ice by myself. And those things are heavy as shit. And then the kid would end up being fine, like walking around the rink the next day, like stubbed his toe. Nobody touch him. Here comes the meat wagon. Wee <laughs> just carries the kid <laughs> off who had a headache for two days. Dude. So for our listeners, if they didn't know, one thing Matt and I have in common is we've both worked at hockey rinks. I worked at one in Grand Forks. Have you ever uh, painted the ice? Or yep. So you know how it kind of works. You kind of go layer by layer, and you mix like a water uh, like paint base, and you just like slowly spread that around. So I was helping my boss do that in like August, you know, getting the ice ready for the upcoming hockey season. And we were just doing our job, and we let it uh, – like dry overnight and we're coming back the next day to do it and when you do this obviously you don't want anyone out there um messing it up so like they put up signs or whatever but they didn't bother locking the doors to the rink so we get there the next day speaking of an ambulance man this kid i hope got into an ambulance because we saw blood just like in the corner like you can see uh it's right by the door into the ice onto the ice he must have just taken a few steps slipped smacked his head and there was just like like just a paint of blood and then there's no kid or anything and like we were concerned about this kid no idea and then my bosses you know the smart guys finally decide oh maybe we should lock the doors to the rink because that was an option in the first place yeah that happened all the time at the rink i worked with also kids puking on the ice would happen a lot and there was one time this kid just, I don't know how that much vomit could come out of someone. Oh, wow. <laughs> but there was just this stain and having to zam over it and the smell was just, oh, God, awful. Just something about people at public events. They just, like, don't know how to compose themselves. One thing I always love is that guy or gal at public events whose phone rings. Like, you know, this happens at our networking event all the time, but... It's, it's an event or a place where it's like, okay, turn your phone off, give your attention to, you know, the speaker or whatever's going on. But the funniest part about this, it's not that their phone rings because that happens all the time. It's when their phone rings, they panic and can't find their phone. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The guy, like, he's like having a seizure, basically, like trying to find his phone in his pocket or the lady who does it. And it's like in her purse and she starts panicking she's just barreling through her purse 
can't find it the one time, I don't know, maybe you read the room and turn off your goddamn phone. It happens every time in our networking. Or the really fat guy that can't get his phone out of his front pocket, out of his jeans, so he has to stand up to get it out and just creates a whole scene when it's just like, dude, just hit the little button on the side of it. It's not that hard. Honestly, I don't even have my phone on ring ever, so... I don't even think my ring works on my phone. It's it's pointless to even have it. Get one of those things that attaches to your belt. I think those are making a real comeback. Oh, yeah, definitely. The phone case belt attachment. Are we? Should we bring those back? I don't know if I'd use it. I'd use it for a day, and then I would be out on it. Well, did you know Apple Watches are just modern-day pagers? I mean, you can, like, talk on them, right? But it's basically just, like, a warning that somebody messaged you or called you, so go to your phone and contact them back. You ever think about that? An Apple Watch is just a modern-day pager. I know you can text back on it and talk on it, but... I loved pagers. As a kid, my dad would always let me hold his during church, and then it would start beeping, and he would just, like, shove me over, grab the pager, and leave. He would be panic guy (laughs) looking for his pager, and his son's got it. Where is he at? Oh, he's crawled under a couple pews. There's <laughs> like six pews ahead. Just he actually turned Lutherans too embarrassed to come back. He's hanging out with the Joneses. <laughs> also, like things that I just I, we watched King Kong recently, and I'm pretty convinced that this guy actually exists. A giant monkey. Oh, like have you heard of North Sentinel Island? No, I have not. So it's in between India and Australia, and what it's like one of the last untouched islands and it has kind of like the people from kong skull island they like native original uh, yeah, original North, people the sentinelese okay. as they call them okay. and they kudos on the pronunciation they hate outsiders because i think back in like the 1950s who doesn't they welcomed a couple people in to like do studies on them and they don't have immune systems like we have from vaccinations and cheeseburgers evolution and like half of them died so now anyone that comes close to the island basically says get shot they, they throw arrows or they shoot arrows at a uh, helicopters going by and there was this one missionary of course he's fucking american and of course he's a missionary <laughs> yeah goes i'm gonna convert these guys to christianity Gets- didn't john rambo tell them ahead of time this is not a good idea do not go up river so basically he gets a fisherman to drop him off and canoes into the shore with a Bible and just gets lit up by arrows. And the last time people like saw a him, goddamn voodoo doll. Yeah, they were just, last time people saw him, they were just dragging his body into the woods. Like, how did you think that was going to go? You fucking idiot. Well, the power of Christ compels you to canoe into a wall of arrows coming at you at high speeds. It's the not power gonna... of Christ compels you. Just gets a spear right to the chest. <laughs> how did that go? Well, basically how everyone thought it was going to. It went as well as it went for Judas, I would say. I mean, those people, they, they don't have what we have because, like I said, we eat cheeseburgers and we drink beer. Another thing we have a lot is pizza. I had a dream the other night that I was eating pizza and I, you know, I have my slice of pizza in this dream, I folded the pizza. I can't remember who I was with, but I got verbally harassed in this dream for folding my pizza. So that makes me think, how do you eat your pizza? Do you fold it sometimes if it's cut like in the traditional triangle? No. Well, yes and no. If it's New York-style pizza and huge, I'll yeah. do that just because 
It's just a gigantic yeah. piece of pizza. Well, but I'm not going to do that with your run-in-the-mill Domino's. You fold it, and you basically just have a hot dog bun filled with shit. Yeah. And, yeah, I I don't get the people that shame people for folding their pizza. Like, this isn't New York. If you really want to fold your pizza, fucking get on a plane and go back to New York. But the square cut just kind of solves all problems there. Although I would argue a square cut pizza, the very center pieces, you might have to fold those out of necessity just so the grease doesn't leak out and you want that. I, I might give somebody shit if they're like eating pizza that very well could be you know, eating with your hands, but they're sitting there with a fucking fork, and then, like, they're they're having a hard time, like, doing it. Like, they're struggling. It, I just, I'll give you shit then, but... I was actually eating at a pizza place, like, last weekend, and my sister-in-law has a plastic fork and tries to do that, and it just breaks, and I'm like, just pick up the fucking pizza. It's not that hard. It's a small piece. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and speaking of that, insults. Oh, well, my I just God. never thought I'd be verbally harassed in my dream. And I was getting insults thrown at me, man. I, I want to see Ted Lasso's coming back this summer, and, and I want people to start calling people wankers again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious. There's just, like, we should make a, a list, perhaps an entire book, of words that need to come back. Oh, there's a boom shakalaka off the top of my head. They're just nicknames, too. Spanky. Oh, who's your favorite little rascal, Alfalfa? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little rascal nod, but, like, I just love nicknames like that. Oh, absolutely. What else you got? And, well, I'm, for nicknames, I don't know why Wanker and this was combined in my head, but Washington, D.C. is petitioning or something to become the 51st state, and I don't know why. Okay, but here, let me run a scenario by you, and we were kind of talking about this in the interview with Aaron. Say Washington, D.C. does become the 51st state, and then Portland becomes its own country. What happens then? Is it just like we have 51 states and then this random country, Chad? <laughs> There's already a country named Chad. They can't have, or Chaz. Which one is it? It's Chad, the uh, autonomous zone. Chaz. Chaz. Of, okay, so there's not weird, a country. Because a ton of people in Portland are probably named Chaz. Chaz of Chaz. <laughs> yeah. What if Portland tries to become their own state? I don't think they could because, well, they could probably become their own state, but not their own country because they do accept a ton of handouts from the U.S. government. So what's going to happen with Washington, D.C.? Where, where are you leaning? I, I don't, I think 50 states. That's a yeah. nice round number. Yes. Where, the, where are we going to put the extra star on the flag? 50 episodes of No Brains, No Headache podcast. Nice round number. I like the 50 burgers, okay? Yeah, I, I don't like the logistics behind it. D.C. has always been that area have you been to dc yeah i went when i was like seven okay let me rephrase the question have you been to washington dc in the last 10 years <laughs> i went to the holocaust museum and that was absolutely terrifying in the last 10 years no oh but as a seven-year-old i bet it was terrifying i can't imagine um you go there you know looking for a whole lot of enlightenment but more power to seven-year-old Matt in Washington, D.C. Who would have thought, you know, that few years, 20 down the road, uh, <laughs> Washington, D.C. is just going to want to become their own state. Isn't uh, marijuana legal in Washington, D.C.? 
I think it's its own. All those politicians just want to get high, and oh, I don't blame them. Absolutely. I mean, to go through what they have to go through. I love it, though. They're just like, okay, our second home is Washington, D.C. Let's just pass the marijuana laws so we all can, you know, do our nine to fives and get stoned afterwards. I saw this tweet. It was about the guy in Italy who didn't work for 15 years and, like, some glitch in the yeah, system. Was saw- and some guy was just like, this literally just describes half of Congress. <laughs> just, that, that's what I was thinking of, just $650,000 over a span of years, and they didn't do anything. It's like, oh, it sounds like a lot of, like a sitting U.S. senator. <laughs> I mean, the man from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is fast asleep right now. See, that's why we need term limits, so these people can't just bank on their cush paycheck every year to do fucking nothing it's besides job. get haircuts in salons that are shut down apparently jobs and not wear your mask of course and have overpaid staff you know that just it gets me worked up sometimes i know i, I love to just kind of poke the poke the bear over there the uh the blood pressure it's 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 rising we should get we should have stuff hooked up to us so we can do like live counts of our blood pressure and heart rate and just see Okay, right here you brought up politics and it just <laughs> shot up through the moon. Well, the doctor would be like, I don't know, Matt. Uh, your blood pressure was already high, and then you started this <laughs> podcast, and it even went higher, so whoa. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of diabetes lately. <laughs> I've also been watching, uh, like to watch the TV shows. You have your go-tos all the time. I know you're a big Silicon Valley guy yourself. Um, I like to watch, obviously, The Office and Parks and Rec. It's available on Peacock. But have you watched a TV show either on there or an, a different platform and you anticipate the skip intro like button? You know, the office is theme song. It's annoying. Yeah, they don't have it on Peacock. I was like watched an episode of the office the other day anticipating the skip intro button. So I didn't my ears would stop bleeding from the piano riff. It's not there. And that's just a bad sign that I'm trained like a goddamn lab rat. To just look for the skip intro. Well, and some of the like HBO, I don't think has it or wasn't on the device I was using. And when I was watching Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones intro is like four minutes long. Like it's just this do 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 goes through this whole thing. Like if I watch that intro, that's like an extra six hours onto this TV show. You'd like crank it twice by the end of the intro. Yeah, I know. Well, there's a lot of boobs in there too. So yeah, you just get a head start during the intro. Nice pun. Also, I wanted to talk about ejections, preferably getting kicked out of bars. Okay. And this tweet, it always comes up. It's some guy tweeted it. It's about North Dakota and bars. So I was like, this is such up our alley. And here's the tweet. Okay. My coworker told me he got banned from a bar when he lived in North Dakota back in 1973 and didn't try going to it for 30 years. But he finally did, and the moment he stepped in the in the door, someone yelled, "Get the hell out of here, Dennis!" And that's probably my favorite story ever. It is my favorite story ever because this totally would happen in North Dakota. I don't know. I mean, unless you're at like Joe Black's up in Grand Forks, just causing a ruckus on a Saturday night and get blacklisted at Joe Black's. Little double entendre there. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to disagree with your Cleary's comment there. I think North Dakota bars, there they say, hey, don't be an asshole. The more the merrier. We love over-serving people. Get your ass in here. 
That is a good thing about North Dakota bars is they rarely turn anyone down. You know what Dennis should have done? He should have said, hey, can I just get one to go, please? I'll take a to-go cup. I'll tip handsomely. Well, there was one time I was playing pool at our uh, local elbow room where fights go to start and hit my pool ta- or pool cue on the pool table and this tip of the pool cue just poof, shot up into the air and the security guard was right there. He's like, you're out of here. And I was like, okay, well, I'm pretty <laughs> drunk. Oh, whatever. So I come back the next weekend, stone cold sober, go up. Some friends are playing pool and I sit down on a table and there's a pool cue resting and as I sit down on the table, moves the table, pool cue falls over, hits, and the top of it pops off. Same security guard's like, you're back again! <laughs> Get out of here! I, was like, I haven't even had anything to drink! Gotta watch out for the pool cue bandit here in Bismarck, North Dakota. You know what? If we ever own a bar, one of us or both of us, um, we, I, we should have our security guard slash bouncers. They need to wear MLB umpire outfits. So when they throw people out of there, it's like it's like an MLB ejection, which I thought where this was going in the first place. No, you meant a different type of ejection, the old getting kicked out of the old bar. It's only happened once. It happened on my 21st birthday, actually, because I, I was getting a drink with somebody, and like I lightly mentioned to them, like in a crowded bar, mind you, I lightly mentioned to them how I got in there before I was 21, and this bartender has the best hearing on this side of the Mississippi, apparently, and heard that. And just from a like, he's helping other people and just points at me. He's like, you, you're out of here. But like, no security came and did anything. So I just kind of like stood there for a while. And then I realized I wasn't going to get a drink because homeboy with the really good hearing, the hearing of a hawk, apparently. <laughs> There's like 600 conversations going on and he just Dude, like... yeah, imagine a crowded bar. Like we weren't even up at the bar. Like we were like a row. We were like number two in line to get drinks. And I was like, yeah. He has the... Like, the came hearing. here once when I was like... I got here when I was under 21 and just... You! You're out of here! It's <laughs> just like, are you shitting me? I, I had a party bus, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like a- so we just went out to the party bus and drank them. All right, we'll go spend $600 at another bar. I mean... Yeah. It was back when the elbow room was, well, still greasy, so. Quack, 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 quack. We're back with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 5 recap. It was titled Cherry Picker. Quick recap up to this point. Basically, Evan gets cut from the Mighty Ducks. Him and his mom start their own team. They go on to do illegal recruiting activities. And they're on to their season. They're a few games in, haven't won yet. Bombay's making moves on Evan's mom. Now we're here. Bombay continues his pursuit of Evan's mom. But hold on. I don't even know her name. What's Evan's mom's name? Who cares? Hold on. His real dad comes into the picture. And it's great. Honestly, I like Evan's real dad. I do. It's a bittersweet feeling with him. I like him, but I hate him. Well, at the same time, it's that's everyone in this series. The only guy I like is Nick the Stick. Well, of course, he's you know, the unanimous favorite on the podcast, I would say. He's a fellow podcaster, so we have to respect him. But his real dad comes into play. We find out he's in a band. He's been traveling a whole lot. That's why he's been in and out of the picture. But comes off as a pretty cool dude. They quickly go over to the Cape Girl and the Popular Girl. Don't know their names, but that's what we're referring to them as. 
Uh, they start to get along a bit, and they make a TikTok for the ages. What What's their TikTok level experience compared to ours? Well, it didn't say how long it took them to, to do that, but the product, my God, did this thing have some... It had dancing. It yep. had elvish. It had... Emotion. Yeah, it had capes. What all great TikToks have. Yeah, and at the very end of it she's like i think i'm definitely gonna post this it's like i hope you post this after you just spent the last 60 hours editing this on your software that costs you god knows how much evan and bombay they decide that hey we're gonna go to his dad's concert because uh he's 12 and he can't go to a bar apparently you can though with your parent or bombay no in, in this it was a bar restaurant yeah i think <laughs> Well, they went, but it his, definitely looked like the background of a strip club. I don't know. I was getting Applebee's vibes right away. The concert gig thing that his dad's performing at was kind of like Applebee's in the front, strip club in the back, kind of similar to a mullet. It's like an app. If an Applebee's shut down and then they converted it yeah. into a strip club, that was what this place yeah, was. Yeah, because it, it still had like, all the wood, mm -hmm. but it definitely had the stages and stuff. Yeah, it looked like they were sitting in one of those side booths just jamming out to the three chords that this band could play, apparently. After the show, his dad comes over. They're having a real bro session with the guys. It's Evan. It's Bombay. It's Evan's bio dad, as I refer to him. And Bombay and his dad get into a pissing contest. Who has the cooler stories? Who's traveled more? You know, all this stuff. And then they get into a chicken wing eating contest, which I really couldn't respect more as a human being. It, this is the Disney Channel version of a drinking contest that happens between two rivals in a lot of shows. Yeah, they go ham. They do like over 40 chicken wings a piece. It got ugly. I don't even know what the results were, but... Bombay had to leave to walk Evan out to his mom's car. And he's like, thanks for letting me walk into that buzzsaw. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We get to game time. All right. Every episode, we have a game. And this time, we play the Cardinals. Uh, as Hawks. Or whatever. It said the Cardinals on the thing. Oh. Okay. Well, it was Do a you bird, know it was the Hawks? A bird Do you know for a fact it I was think, the Hawks? I think it's the Hawks. Do you know for a fact it was the Hawks? I will bet. Do you know for a fact? $20. I'll bet you right now. I'll, but I'm basing off of the scoreboard said Cardinals. Okay, so why well, would the scoreboard say Cardinals? Well, maybe it did, but I thought they played the Hawks. Well, why did the scoreboard say the Cardinals? It, ah, oh, fuck. The Hawks is the I team can't focus on these okay, games. Okay, I'm thinking move. about Bombay and Evan's mom, okay? Yeah. I can't focus on the actual gameplay and who they're playing. I can't even stand the fact that their name is the Don't Bothers. I'm referring to them as the DBs. And I'm trying to think of a cool acronym for that, but I haven't come up with it yet. But it's going to come to me someday. Dibs. And yeah, the DBs. All right, we're at game time. They're playing the Hawks slash Cardinals. <laughs> they call it. <laughs> they call it. <laughs> what? We're fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm just, I don't okay, know for yeah, a okay, fact yeah, okay, if it's the yeah. Cardinals. I don't know for a fact if it's the Hawks, Matt. You know I will never lie to our listeners, so I'm not about to start now. It's the battle for the basement, as the announcers refer it. And that's not a good thing. Two pretty bad teams. Turns out Evan Morrow has some severe anger issues. He gets a penalty like before play even starts. Uh, some serious mental demons going on in his head. But it all pays off. When he puts the team on his back, 
starts scoring goals like crazy because Gordon Bombay kidnapped his dad, didn't let him go to the airport to his gig, forced him to go to the game. I mean, Bombay is illegally recruiting players, and now he's kidnapping people, holding them hostage against their will. And Gordon Bombay is slowly becoming the best character, minus Nick the Stick, in this show. Yeah. Nick the Stick, he didn't have much screen time, but he made the most of it with his click speech. He says he tried to make a click one time, got a few nibbles, but no bites. It never really worked out, so he convinces everyone to drop their clicks, put all your personal shit aside. They got a rally. The DBs end up winning 5-4 after overcoming that internal hostility, and that's the end of the episode. What do you got for me? You also see Evan's dad kind of becoming alive. He scores one goal, and he's like, I think I could still make my flight, and Bombay just makes him sit down, and after every goal, he's more and more excited. And then at the end of it, Evan's mom figures out that Bombay was the one that made him go to the game. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the whole dad spiel. Okay, he's going to leave when it counts. Bombay's going to fly under the radar. He's going to get with Evan's mom. It's coming. The tension is still there. But let's look forward to episode six. We find out a few things. Okay. First of all, before you cream in your pants, Matt, first of all, Evan is getting recruited Back to the Mighty Ducks is what we find out. He's getting that feeling. He's getting that taste of the glory of being back with the Ducks. And what else do we have to look forward to next week? Fulton Reed, the guy that plays Foggy in Daredevil, is back. (laughs) Him and Coach Bombay hug, and then they walk into a bar. He's like, you remember District 5? And there's six or seven people from the team there. From the original Mighty Ducks and back in the 90s. 11-year-old Matt is freaking out. 27-year-old Matt is about ready to Kool-Aid man through a wall. Yeah, 27-year-old Matt got up out of his chair and was doing like a Tiger Woods-esque fist pump. If Tiger uh, Woods I told him have to epilepsy. calm down and gather himself. And that's the our wrap on episode five. Looking forward to next week, episode six, with the reunion of the Mighty Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. All right, this week for the Olympics, we did the Olympics of NFL Draft Bus. As you know, the NFL Draft is on April 29th, this Thursday coming up. So we wanted to do a little thing, something NFL-themed. How the Olympics works is we take a topic such as NFL draft bus, and then we rank them with our favorites. You can start with a disqualified. That's optional. I'm not sure if we'll have one here. Then we work in ascending order with lost in the medal round, bronze, silver, and gold. Before we get started, please keep in mind the Olympics is open for interpretation, and it's all about personal preference. So... Please don't judge us, but also judge us. Matt, I didn't have a disqualified because a disqualified in this game would basically just be your favorite NFL draft pick, and it's probably going to be like Tom Brady. Uh, I thought we were doing just draft busts, so I didn't stick just to the NFL. So why would we do draft busts the week of the NFL draft and just go all over the board? Hey, Open for interpretation. (laughs) That's what it says on our graphic. Draft bus, the week of the NFL draft. Hey, what picture did you use? What picture did you use? 
something from what? What draft is that from? And why do we upload this sound right before the Olympics? Also, Matt, I'm two and zero since we started doing polls in Olympics. So. You kind of suck at Olympics. <laughs> I am well aware. And you not understanding that we're going to do the end. I'm sorry I didn't have to specify the week of the NFL draft that our Olympics was going to be the NFL draft. Hey, open for interpretation. This is going to be interesting. Matt, take it away, Mr. Well, my loss Christ. in the medal round is Darko Militich out of the 2003 NBA draft. Was drafted second overall and currently is an apple farmer in Serbia. He was picked over Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and was absolutely terrible. Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh weren't even that good. They're all Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're actually pretty good. Well, um, I can't even say good pick, because, yeah, my lost in the medal round of the Olympics of draft bust open for interpretation if you want to do nfl you want to do fucking cricket you want to do fucking ping pong have forrest gump on your list hey it's open for interpretation you do whatever you want (laughs) mine is a deep dive pick dj hayden now he was selected by the oakland raiders in the nfl draft 12th overall in the 2013 out of houston this one is because this guy got hit so hard at a college practice his senior year that a valve to his heart like tore, and he had to have some pretty intense surgery. And then a few months later, the Raiders draft him. So I remember this draft specifically. He was like the fifth highest cornerback according to like some rankings in the draft. Not to say that those are all right, but he was the second one taken in the draft. And of course, he played for the Raiders, the Lions, and the Jaguars. So some really dynamite teams. Uh, he's actually currently a free agent, so he can maybe still be in the league next year. But he only has four career interceptions, and he's only played all 16 games twice. So that is my lost in the medal round. Classic Raiders pick. My bronze medal is Kyler Murray getting drafted ninth overall in the MLB draft to play in the MLB never. And I think it's a lot to invest in a guy that is a huge maybe. There was a 25% chance that he maybe would play in the MLB. I think it's a risk that you shouldn't take with a top 10 pick. And Moneyball didn't think so, went ahead and drafted him. And he's never going to play in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, I guess with NHL and MLB, their drafts are a little bit different with how they develop their players. So I would agree with like the top 10. That's kind of uh, shitty, but... A lot of MLB and NHL players like don't even make it to the show that they do draft, but a uh, decent pick. Hey, he's in the NFL now, so I'll actually count that. Bronze goal or bronze medal here, I have Kevin White. He was selected by the Chicago Bears seventh overall in the 2015 draft out of West Virginia. Like I remember this. I just laughed when this happened. <laughs> Why were they taking a wide receiver that high? Kevin White is up there with Charles Rogers. He was the number two overall pick to the Lions in the 2003 draft. Uh, actually died in the last two, two years, so RIP. But Charles Rogers and Kevin White are like arguably the top two wide receiver busts. But I went with Kevin White to hate on the Bears. He played five total games in his first three years. 
uh, none in his rookie year, so five games in his sophomore and uh, third junior year. And his career stats are 25 catches, 285 yards, zero touchdowns to your seventh overall pick. And I love the Bears fans that are like, he doesn't even play for the Bears, but they're like, Kevin Wood could still be pretty good. I don't yeah. know, he's still pretty young. <laughs> Last I checked, he was on like the 49ers practice squad. <laughs> Tough. My silver medal is Bubba Blue from Forrest Gump getting drafted in the 1967 Vietnam draft only to die and was an absolute liability on the battlefield. Um, his underbite... Lieutenant Dan had to tell him to tuck it in so it doesn't get hit in a tripwire. And, yeah, he definitely uh, held Forrest down, died, and then Forrest was basically forced into running a shrimp company. Yeah, but could anybody else list off all the different ways you could prepare shrimp like him? I did love that scene. Big locker room guy. Big kitchen guy. Barbecue shrimp. And then they're, like, scrubbing the floor with toothpaste or toothbrushes, and he's like, and and that's all the, the types <laughs> of shrimp. <laughs> all right, uh, Bubba from Forrest Gump making an appearance here. Uh, Matt is the no brains part of the show, I guess you could say. My silver selection is Josh Rosen, selected by the Arizona Cardinals, tenth overall in the twenty eighteen draft out of UCLA. This poor guy can't find a home. Cardinals, Dolphins, Buccaneers, and 49ers so far in his short career. <laughs> That's four teams in as many years. <laughs> Top 10. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, he like got picked, and then the next year. Uh, like, don't ruin my fucking Olympics. He already ruined yours. He only lasted one year with the Cardinals when they immediately drafted Kyler Murray the following year in 2019, and they shipped Rosen to Miami. He gets there. What do they do? They draft Tua the next year. He gets waived. Bucks practice squad. And he's actually on the 49ers practice squad with Kevin White, I think. So still time to prove me wrong, I guess. Does Josh Rosen get a Super Bowl ring? I'm not sure the details on that. Behind that, if he play if he's on the roster or something for like four games or something, he gets one. My gold medal is the Rams. In 1996, drafted Lawrence Phillips with the sixth overall pick. And in his two brief years with the Rams, he spent more days in jail than days playing on Sunday. 23 days in jail, 22 games played in the NFL. And on August 21st, 2005, Phillips was arrested for assaulting three teenagers by running them over with their car with his car after a dispute during a pickup football game. He was currently serving in jail and killed himself. So RIP to Lawrence Phillips. You are a truly terrible human. We have a little bit of criminal of the week crossover in this botched Olympics <laughs> of draft bus. Uh, the week of the NFL draft, we had an NFL related interview we uploaded this sound, the NFL draft sound, right before this, uh, and Matt has an interesting podium this week. My gold medal, surprise, surprise, Christian Ponder. He was also on my podium for most hated players, so congrats, Ponder. This is the most awards you've ever received in your life. 
He was selected by the Vikings 12th overall in the 2011 draft out of Florida State. You could argue there was a shitload of other busts in that same draft, but this is a homer pick here, obviously. It's my goal because of what could have been with the Vikings had they not taken Ponder. I mean, this was still the team that was one interception away from going to the Super Bowl two years prior, and really the only person gone was the one who threw said interception, Brett Favre. Here's just a couple names on the 2011 roster surrounding Christian Ponder. Uh, If you recognize these, say so. Adrian Peterson, Percy Harvin, Jim Kleinsaucer, North Dakota represent, Vizante Shanko, Steve Hutchinson, Phil Lowholt. On the defensive side of the ball, Kevin Williams, Jared Allen, Chad Greenway, Cedric Griffin, I believe, Antoine Winfield was even with the Vikes around this time. And they chose Christian Goddamn Ponder. He had a four-year career, 14-21-1 record, 59.8 completion percentage, 38 touchdowns, 36 picks, and a hot wife. So that's a true homer pick. It's going to be interesting for our listeners to vote on this one this week. Um, You know, Matt, I'm not mad, but I just kind of want to hear your thought process of just going with, like, Bubba and, like, the Vietnam draft and people from the NBA. Well, I thought it was... The week of the NFL draft, and we had an NFL-related interview. I thought it was draft bus. I'm sorry I didn't have to spec I didn't specify NFL drafts when I said, "Hey, let's do something NFL related the week of the draft." Vote on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at NBNH podcast or search No Brains No Headache podcast. I Jordan Weichel am going for a 3-week sweep. That's our show. Episode 50 is a wrap. Are you fucking with me? I'm not. That is actually our show. Thank you to Aaron Hodges for joining us, and thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week, we will be recording on-site at Stadium and the Lodge and talking with one of the owners about the bar life, sports, and everything else involved. And we have a new schedule of Olympics that will be out on our Instagram and Twitter page at NBNH Podcast, so check that out. First Olympics of the month of May will be the Olympics of Inventions, so hopefully we get that one right. Hope you all stay with us because we have an awesome summer planned. We have McQuaid's, we have Country Fest, we have DAC Jam Fest. It's going to be an awesome summer, so stay along for the ride. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good.